Welcome to the Mud Brothers Podcast. This is episode four. We actually made four episodes. We are officially the 6,797th OCR podcast rated uh, in the country of Latveria, which <laughs> actually I don't have the information to really back that up. I'm just making it up and assuming. Um, here today with uh, my co-host Rico Moore. How's it going, Rico? Hey, great. Dog obstacle. And we are with Sven Mashek. How you doing, Sven? And they stuck off to go doing great today. And and we brought Sven on so that nobody makes fun of my Canadian accent, so we can all make fun of his accent. That is essentially his purpose. <laughs> so I have the I have the same accent, maybe. <laughs> well, yeah, you are like prim and proper, man. You're like the voice of tutelage. <laughs> so uh, the real reason for Sven to be on today is because last episode, apparently, I bashed Spartan a bit too much, and and and, and people <laughs> told me that I was too mean, and so. This this episode we're gonna have a Spartan loving, and mm-hmm. I'm wearing my Spartan shirt right now, and I'm, I'm I'm I have medals on me, and they're glowing. I've shined them up very nice, and Sven just recently killed Killington. He no doubt did the Ultra yeah. Beast there, and I myself am dying to hear all about it. And let's jump right in, Sven. Uh, is this the first first time you ever did Killington? Yes, yeah, first time that I ever did Killington, and I was. Uh crazy enough to sign up for the ultra right away <laughs> so well, it was a very very unique experience <laughs> well yeah go big or go home man <laughs> yep definitely <laughs> that's what that's what i told myself <laughs> so right off the start like uh and i've i've never been to killington i know rico have you ever been out for this one have you ever been to killington at all no, no, very uh, interested, but no. no. I'll let Sven tell us about it and make me decide if I want to do it or not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we've, we've all been to the Norland Championship in Stratton, Vermont, which is literally right around the corner of Killington. So we've always got a little bit of an idea how Killington might look like. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Stratton was literally the little brother of Killington. Wow. Turn, turned out, um, yeah, I saw the... The Stratton was pretty pretty high in elevation, but uh, yeah, Killington topped it all. So mm. basically, it's a, it's a beautiful small town in Vermont. Um, we were there at the ski resort, so a lot of black diamond, double black diamond slopes. Um, so that was that was basically the setup um, for the entire race. Uh, and uh, yeah, I think Spartan could really be a challenge up, up on us because it was 30. Point five miles um, of distance, but uh, we had seventeen thousand feet of elevation gain. Um, seventeen thousand. Yep, seventeen thousand. That's like comfortable flying level. Yep, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that 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 was actually I think the main challenge uh, that we faced in doing. And uh, yeah, I mean, originally we thought it would be just you know two two of the beast loops and one ultra loop, but uh, they made us go through the ultra loop uh, both laps, not only on the first lap, like the rules state. Um, and yeah, this ultra loop was literally something else. Um, I mean, everyone probably heard about the infamous death march in Killington, um, which is odd, regular beast course. Um, it's just uh, 1.2 miles straight up a lift um, so it's just a small path uh, probably about 2,000 
yeah, let's say 2,200, 2,500 feet elevation gain that you have to conquer at once. Uh, but what we weren't prepared for was like literally the soldier. Um, and uh, we had also kicked in after like six miles, they sent us down the double black diamond ski slope. They had exactly one obstacle there, um, which was the armor combined with a plate track, um, which wasn't quite challenging um, for itself, but what we all didn't know is they sent us then back up the flank of the mountain, and there was like literally no path, so we went really bushwhacking up there, oh, and uh, yeah, I would say it was more climbing than running or racing at all, mm -hmm. um, so we held on roots, whatever we could to just climb up there, um, it was like... <laughs> really a very unique experience um and yeah there was there was no water station on this ultra loop so it was like wow. cool. something miles um that you had to conquer for yourself with whatever you had in hydration um on youtube um if you didn't bring any hydration that was probably the point where uh, a lot of people dropped actually out of the race mm -hmm. Now, I, I heard that some on, on the death march, there were actually, and I, I'm familiar with some of these people from the New England Spartans, and they were up there hanging, handing out candies and whatnot as you were doing the death march. Did you happen to come across them at all? Uh, no, no. But, uh, you missed out. We had a lot, of, a lot of other friendly beast racers um, that helped us out, I think, on the, especially on the, on the second lap, um, because, I mean, after the first lap, it was pretty clear what uh, we could expect for the second lap, but we already had like 15 point something miles in there uh, when we reached the transition zone. So I, I just restarted and refueled and packed a little bit extra for the second loop. But yeah, I pretty much ran out of my hydration and nutrition before actually the death march started. So, um, and we had like like literally some friendly beast racers that gave me like salt taps and uh, other goose. So that was that was really really great um, in terms of community effort. Now, oh, very good. So when you started out, so so picture this for me. So the first question I got is the venue. What was the venue like? Like you you said that Killington's a nice town. How would that venue compare with the, the venue at Stratton and Norham? Was it the same kind of setup down at the bottom of the ski hill with lots of shops and restaurants and everything? Correct, correct, yeah. So we the, the, the festival area was in the ski resort. Um, so they had their restaurant open. Also the restrooms open, um, which is uh, very welcoming for OCR racers. We all know <laughs> that usually we only have some port-up ponies uh, yeah. in the wild. Um, and it was, I, it was really great for the spectators. Uh, because the lift was open, so you could uh, easily get to the mountain top um, and view the racers there after they conquered the death mod. Um, and uh, yeah, I think uh, everyone made great use of that. Um, and there were quite quite a lot of people that just went up there to support uh, the racers, brought some water, brought some brought some food, which was uh, really nice. So it was really compared to Stratton. Well, that's good because I mean, this is this is like one of Spartans. This is one of their big shows. This is this is what they do really well. Is is these types of grueling, grueling uh, layouts with the, with the landscape where they really, really bring in 
some nasty situations and make you work for it, where they maybe still with the obstacles are still pretty similar, but they they take that terrain and they just crank it up a notch and they make it into an incredible event. So right out of the gate, right off the start, first off, did you did you race age group or pro? What did you race this time, Scott? Uh, I raced age group. Um, so, yeah, we were the second race that went out um, this morning. Only the elites were in front of us. Um, but, yeah, we were literally the second race at 6.15 in the morning. Uh, we went out on the course and, uh, yeah. It was pretty nice because uh, we still we, we still saw the sun coming up uh, when we reached the first the first hilltop, uh, which made for a very very unique race experience as well. Um, so yeah, overall I would say it's really one of the most beautiful venues that I ever raced, and that made I think a little bit up for uh, the cooling use <laughs> of the terrain that's <laughs> put on us um, and. Yeah, even if I raced age group, I took some time to really soak in um, this experience because my my overall goal for killing was like to go out there and uh, still have fun, knowing that it would not be an easy feature to accomplish. But uh, yeah, that, that that was my mindset. Um, I didn't think about placing somewhere at all. Uh, my overall goal was like literally have fun out there. Uh, see how my body uh, reacts to this uh, very, very unique challenge, and uh, yeah, finish the race before uh, dawn. Oh, good. Now, so when you went right out of the starting gate, did they shoot you straight up the mountain right away? Did you go right into the death march? Like, what was what was kind of the layout of the of the yeah, course yeah. itself? Good question. Um, so, no, they didn't send us uh, the death march up. Uh, it was first a small amount, um, but it was still a mountain. So they, they sent us up there. Um, they had two obstacles up there, um, or three obstacles, uh, but none of them were really challenging. Um, and then they basically sent us back down into town. Um, and then there's a, probably the most unique obstacle that you can have on a Spartan race. Uh, which is the Tarzan Swing um, in Killington. So what it is, is actually underneath the bridge that spans the lake uh, next to the town. You have a, a rope ladder that you have to climb up and then uh, four ropes that you have to swing along to actually cross underneath the bridge and then ring the bell on the other side. Now, uh, now I've, never, I've never been to Killington, as I said. But I've seen videos, I've seen pictures of this obstacle, and this is the one uh, thing that actually allures me to going there, is I want to do that bridge. I, I It looks like one of the best obstacles out there. Just yep. with, You swim out to it, you're up a ladder, and then you're across four ropes just with your hands. No legs, no nothing. And it just is, yep. is you make it or you don't. It's just, it's, it is one of the best things I've seen going, and the best use of natural natural placement of things that I've seen any company do. I really want to really want to try that one. I just don't want to have to run the Killington to do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's, it's very unique. It's very challenging. A lot of people struggled on it. Um, I think what, what makes it a little bit difficult or what made it difficult for me was actually the life breath um, we had to wear. Because uh, usually I love to uh, traverse very narrow uh, along the road, um, and that was not possible because I couldn't actually, the life was in the way of my arms, 
Mm-hmm. So that, that made it that made it a little bit challenging, especially on the second lap when the, when your crit was already a little bit taxed. Uh, the first lap was easier, but yeah, it was like literally a fun obstacle. Um, and uh, in the end, it's challenging. Yeah, you have to you have to get the technique down. But uh, yeah, I made it both laps, which I was very happy about. Um, it's definitely a feather in the cap. Yeah, <laughs> struggled already doing it one time. <laughs> So, so after there, where did the course proceed from there? From there, they sent us they sent us up um, the next mountain, which was still not the best one. Um, so they sent us up there, um, and then basically the course split the downhill part. So we went then from there all the way down to the next valley, um, this double flag diamond slope, which was our ultra loop, um, and then we came literally back up the same mountain. Um, Went back to the beast course, and from there on, uh, we climbed a little bit further up to the next mountain top, and all the way back down to the race venue. And uh, that's where uh, Twister, uh, right in front of the death march. Um, so you had quite some some challenge there. A lot of people were burping, and then uh, right straight up the death march. Yeah, now the twister. How many sections did it have on this one? Because I've seen them do like up to three and three and four yeah. sections sometimes. Yeah, it was only two sections uh, this time, which was a little bit surprising because it was part of the mountain series, and usually the mountain series races have several obstacles. Okay, hold on a sec, Rico. What do you got going on there, buddy? We're hearing a lot of background mm-hmm. noise. <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry. I'm trying to move some things out of the way. <laughs> no problem, no problem. Okay. <laughs> All right, so you got through the twister. Yep, got through the twister, then they sent you up this death march, and uh, yeah, uh, at the end of the death march, there was the eight foot wall right at the mountaintop, um, so you had to do a little bit of jumping um, with the quads already taxed. Yeah, that would be uh, nasty. How, how long does the death march take you, roughly? Because I know you're not running it. Yeah, I mean, uh, on the on the first lap, it took me uh, 25 minutes to get up there. Um, I was I was pretty fast up there. Um, second second time was like 45 to 50 minutes. Um, I went a little bit slower, uh, but yeah, one thing one thing that I tried to avoid was stopping at all at the next morning. Um That meant turning around, walking backwards, and everything. But I never stopped. Um, Especially not in the second map because I was scared that if I stop, literally everything tightens up and I cannot move. Um, mm-hmm. That was that was I think the, the main the main key to actually convert the death march is like do not stop there. So so after the death march, where did you head from there? You had the eight foot wall and then you because eventually they got to bring you back down. Yeah, they, they they brought us back down and this downhill part was. Uh, was muddy and wet, so it was really a challenge um, on both laps to go down, I would say, more than to go up this that much, uh, because you really have to be careful where we're stepping on. Uh, was a lot of loose rock and loose grass that you couldn't quite see through all the mud. Uh, but yeah, that's when, then towards the end, when we were almost all the way down, that's where they stacked in all the obstacles. Uh, so we had then on the last mile, literally there was uh, the second sandbag carry, which was way heavier than the first one. Uh, they sent us up two hills there, 
Uh, right after the Sand Bay Carry, there was the rope climb. Um, and a couple of uh, meters behind the rope climb was uh, Atlas Carry. Uh, and then right after Atlas Carry, uh, they brought the Bucket Brigade. Um, and that was basically the last obstacle before you came down in the festival area. And the festival area uh, was really nicely set up. Um, it's fun for that. Uh, they had the, the multi rig as the starting obstacle in the festival area, uh, the spear throw right after it, and then uh, Olympus. Uh, and uh, yeah, after Olympus, uh, there was the A frame, but we didn't go over the A frame uh, on the first lap because we turned left into the transition zone where we could actually refuel and restock, um, and we also got our purple. Second lap. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but in the for the first lap, you had a time limit to hit to get through the first lap to get to the transition zone. Did you not? Yep, yep, yep. And how long was that? The time limit for the first lap they said was uh, seven and a half hours. Uh, so from from race start. Uh, so everyone was required to get out of the transition area by two p.m. Um, and uh, yeah, for. For some of them, um, especially for the open races, this was uh, the first hurdle they had to take on. Yeah, so how, mm -hmm. how, how long were you? So my first lap was 5.15, um, so I was pretty good, well on the way on this first lap. Um, and uh, yeah, my, my goal time was six hours for the first lap, knowing that the terrain would be rough. Um, and when I made it to the transition area, I looked at my watch and I was like, surprised, I'm like, okay, it's 5.15, so 45 minutes ahead of time, uh, which gave me some extra time in the transition area to refuel, stretch a little bit out, um, and then take on the second lap. That's great. So so the second lap, was that, was it identical to the first? What was your second lap? Like, what did they change up for your second lap? Uh, for the second lap, they didn't change anything at all. So they made us do the exact same thing on the second lap and on the first lap. Um, yeah. So my my estimate in the transition area was that I would be a little bit slower um, on the second lap. Not that much um, than on the first lap because it was like there was not much running uh, the entire course. Um, so my estimate was that I would be like one and a half hours slower than on my on my on my first lap um turned out that was only one hour slower than on my first lap that's um, pretty impressive so also the second lap went very well um i think my main challenge on the second lap was literally nutrition um, and uh yeah because after the tartan swing which was after two miles um the second lap, uh, both my legs cramped up when I actually jumped back into the ice cold water, um, and there was really struggle bus to get them, get them back going because I knew that I still had 40 miles to go on the second lap. Oh. So uh, yeah, there was there was quite a rough patch there for like half a mile. And that water was cold, was it? Oh yeah, it was cold. It was uh, ice cold. <laughs> oh man, that. Just doesn't sound enjoyable at all, Sven. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, uh, I mean, it was warmer in the afternoon on the second lap than it was on the first lap. But uh, I mean, yeah, uh, I also had like already 
uh, no, at that point, 70 miles down. So, um, yeah, that, that made it quite, quite equally rough than the ice cold water in the morning. <laughs> mm, I can imagine. So, so what did you do for nutrition? What, what, what did you bring? Like, I, I've seen pictures, you had your vest. What all did you bring in your vest? Yeah, so in my vest I had uh, six goo, goo gels in there. Um, you myself, because I don't do very well with, like, uh, any solid food during, during racing. Mm-hmm. Um, I, also, I also had, on the second lap, uh, four salt caps with me. Um, and I used two of them already after my legs crept up, so that left me for two for the uh, remaining 40 miles, and uh, I also had a five-hour energy shot with me, uh, just in case I needed some caffeine to get me going. Um, but yeah, ultimately I, I used all the all the gels, I used all the salt tabs, and I got four salt tabs uh, at the top of the death march from the French Beast Racer, um, which was very, very good um, because spot yeah what they what they didn't do very well on the first lap they had uh, after uh, twister right before the death march but um, second lap all the nutrition was already gone so <laughs> you didn't bring anything uh, you had to uh, be lucky and run into some friendly east guys that uh, gave you gave you some extra nutrition on the second lap yeah, and those those beast guys are great guys. Yeah, a lot of a lot of people struggle with that, uh, especially after death march. There, I mean, there are a lot of ultras just sitting there um, because they, they they were literally cramping up and they they had no nutrition left. So um, there was there was like a really rough patch there. Wow. So then, after all that said and done, so the the big question is, how many burpees? Uh, 90 burpees only. Um, so <laughs> oh, well, what hit you? What, what, what caught you? Uh, what caught me was uh, the tire flip on both laps uh, because I lifted the tire up on the first lap and I had uh, I was really in pain, uh, so I dropped it right away. Um, went to fit 30 burpees on the second lap. I didn't attempt it. I just touched it and uh, went straight away to do burpees. And the only other thing that caught me on the first lap was the hurricane. Um, because it was really, really heavy, um, and I think on the second lap, because so many people dropped it, uh, it got lighter, so it was easier to pull it up. So that's, uh, but other than that, uh, I made it through all the obstacles, um, which was quite surprising to me. Uh, it's here both laps, um, <laughs> which is always, as we yeah, it's always good. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, I mean, other than that, uh, I, was, I was really surprised uh, how well my clip uh, strength held on on both of those laps, uh, because that was actually, after the first lap, my, my biggest fear, um, that my clip would actually completely go away, um, especially knowing that all those, all those taxing obstacles were stacked up on the end. Yeah, yeah, well, they, they slammed all that together. How was the rig there? Was the rig a complicated rig, or was it fairly simplistic? Uh, it was fairly simplistic rig, so it had uh, just rings and a bar, um, and uh, the bar was in the middle, but it was a straight bar, so it was not an odd bar, uh, and it was very very good to grip and traverse over it, so I had no, no problem on the multi-rig there. Um, Olympus was a struggle bus, to be honest, <laughs> second left. 
because usually I, I use my legs to go over it. Um, but the moment I put my legs on the reverse, I knew already that this won't work on the second lap because they exploded in pain. Oh. Uh, <laughs> so I, I, I just tanked on the reverse and literally tracked myself over it. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, at that point, I think since everyone was cheering us on in the festival area, my, my brain was just in auto mode and I was like, literally refusing to do any burpees there so i barely made it but i made it um <laughs> uh that's when when i realized that uh yeah also your arms can cramp up during an ultra very badly uh and i literally had to ask the guys at the finish line to open up my fit aid because i was <laughs> not able <laughs> to open up the stand um, <laughs> That's not too bad. So finally, at the end, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, you get awarded your fancy belt buckle. Yep. So now you can run around like you've won a rodeo. That's uh, pretty <laughs> accurate. Yeah. <laughs> I expect to see this belt buckle on you when when, when I see you in, in Georgia there, Sven. You should, you need to have that belt buckle with you. All right, well, uh, you got it. I'll put it with me. <laughs> Yeah, no, it was it was actually it was a really emotional finish for me because uh, I I couldn't believe it when I when I when I stopped my watch I, I refused to literally look at my watch for most of the second lap uh, because I didn't want to know how long I still have and how long I'm in this race. I just kept going. I, I told myself one one step after the other, and that's when I when I crossed the finish line. I think. Uh, yeah, I, I literally started crying. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I, mean, uh, I, I had Scott, uh, Noel, there, uh, one of my friends, uh, so he got me right away because he finished like 45 minutes in front of me. Um, and uh, yeah, he said, like, you didn't stop crying like the entire time in the, in the finishing, finishing line uh, until he got out there and realized that he made it. Um, yeah, which was very emotional for me. <laughs> so, uh, I, I, yeah, I, I go ahead, Rico. Sorry. No, I said I can imagine. That's incredible, right there. Yeah, I, I don't blame you one bit. I'd have been insane, man. I, I, I'd, I'd have lost it too. So, final numbers. How long were you out there? How many miles? And what was the elevation again? Yeah, so I was out there for 12 hours, 34 minutes mm-hmm. um, in total, including the transition area time. Um, so I spent quite like. 25 minutes in the transition area um, because we wanted to let the, the 12 o'clock uh, beast weight go before we started on the second lap uh, just to not get right away caught into their battles. Um, and uh, yeah, total, total mileage, my watch was 30.5 miles, a um, couple of change there and uh, 17,000 feet elevation gain or yeah, elevation change was 34,000 uh, because all that we went up, we had to go down. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, uh, my my quads were not really happy about yeah, the quads. <laughs> so so just curious, does your watch keep track of your your caloric, like how many calories you would burned on that? Yeah, 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 uh, it did. So it was uh, surprisingly enough not that many calories that I expected. Like 3, oh, I think uh, that's probably a bit off. <laughs> calories, but yeah, I really think that's, uh, that's more than a bit off. Uh, so I heard a couple of other people talking about it. Uh, they had similar similar values on their watch, but I think it was just because we did so much hiking. Yeah. Um, 
dead, those calories, the calorie burn was literally off. And what we heard people saying, um, some, some of those ultra runners that uh, do it more professional than we do, uh, was that they, they think it's between seven and 9,000 calories that we burned mm -hmm. on, the, on the course that day. Wow. That's, that's unbelievable, man. That's crazy. And, and uh, yeah, I mean, the, the, the only time when I had food was literally in the transition area. Um, I had uh, I had some honey stinger waffles there um, and two bananas, but that was that was basically it for the day. Um, because uh, yeah, I'm I'm pretty sensitive when it comes to running uh, with a full stomach, so that's why I decided to really go low and do what, what I needed and. Uh, yeah, just it out there. Very good. Did you um, when when you finished the whole thing, and, and yep. you came down and like you said, you were all emotional and stuff. Did did you have people waiting for you, or other than other than the one guy, or was it just you on your own? No, I was I was just on my own because uh, Victor, who came with me, the also ran the ultra. Uh, he was still on the course, um, and uh, yeah, only only the. The friends that I knew from other races, they were there. They were not explicitly waiting for me, but they were all at the finish line at that point in time, uh, which was pretty nice. So I had a group of uh, five people that were just there and <laughs> able to hand you tissues. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. The, I mean, the, the, the thing that, uh, that 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 really threw me a little bit off is it's not like on a regular beast you do not cross the finish line and get your medal right away. So you basically have to walk out of the senator area, um, go to the results tent. Uh, they, they were pretty strict about uh, the age group races, so mm -hmm. they made me wait there for like another five minutes to check all the video material on me. Oh, to check your burp, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that I did all the burpees. And, oh, good uh, for them, good for I, them. Yep, that, that all the mats were crossed because, uh, yeah, a lot of people were... I don't know if I want to call it cheating, but uh, apparently not taking the right course on the second lap, which led to an automatic uh, DQ, so they cut it a little bit short, um, according to Spartan. Um, so, yeah, uh, but ultimately that, that, that was it. I got my medal there, um, went back to my friends, um, was pretty, pretty still emotional, I would say, um, because it was not only, it was not only my, my Ultra man, or it was also my fifth trifecta for the year, so it was quite a uh, fifth. Uh, <laughs> in the mm. conference went there, um, after after half the season being over now, um, yeah, it was uh, pretty nice. <laughs> wow, that's crazy. Um, now you said you weren't, you were just going to have a good time. You didn't care where you placed or anything, but do you happen to know how you finished? Yeah, uh, I finished 15th in my age group and 44th overall, so. That's pretty oh, wow. pretty amazing, Sven. It was pretty 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 good uh, in terms of the time. Um, I know that uh, I mean everyone probably heard about it by now, but the uh, DNF rate was like sixty-five uh, percent. Hmm. Um, so it's around thousand people started and less than four hundred uh, came in um, in the end. Um, so they had some pretty pretty hard cutoff times. Um, they had a cutoff on the second lap on the on the ultra loop. They had another one um, at Twister, and they had a final one right before the festival area um, at the bucket brigade. 
where they literally pulled people off the course like half a mile before they finished. Oh um, my god. So, yeah, I think that was that was really a rough patch um, for a lot of people uh, because they were so close to finish but uh, the rules were pretty clear and they they, they actually repeated it before we started uh, so that everyone was aware of those uh, of those cut up facts. Wow. Well, like I said, Sven, that's absolutely amazing. And um, so, correct me if I'm wrong, but for your recovery, you decided to run Nashville, Spartan? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Now, how much of a letdown was that? Uh, pretty, pretty big letdown, <laughs> to be honest. I, was, uh, I think I came off the Super on Sunday, um, and uh, I... I told Belinda, like, uh, yeah, the moment I was I was uh, up and running was at mile seven point something, uh, where my engine really kicked into higher gear, but it was only an eight-mile course, so <laughs> there, was, <laughs> there was not much left there. Uh, but, yeah, overall, I think it was good uh, for recovery purposes, uh, because I, I pretty much uh, stacked up schedule for October, um, there will be another ultra in uh, Dallas uh, this time, so and a lot of beasts uh, before then. Yeah, World Cup mother in November, and uh, yeah, the South Carolina ultra one week after World Cup mother. So um, yeah, pretty much ultra season right now for me. <laughs> that is a lot left on the plate, man. That's a lot left to do. Um, and just as quick, so how was Nashville anyway? How was the race there? I know, I mean, I know it pales in comparison, but you might as well like fill us in. How did, how did, how was Nashville? Was it a good course? Did they do okay there? It it, it was an amazing course. So it was rolling hills. Um, Bond did a good job there, um, making use of the terrain. Um, I ran I ran Saturday uh, with a group of newbies. Decided against running age group um, because I think. Every now and then, we more competitive people do really good of uh, taking the step back, introducing new people to our great sport uh, of OCR. Um, and I loved every second of that. Um, not running behind any new PR, not running against any clock, um, just being out there, uh, helping other people to enjoy the race. And it rained pretty hard on Saturday afternoon, so spawning at the close slowing down the race, um, the sprint, and uh, yeah, it was the first time uh, for me that we ran the Super on Sunday, so the longer distance after um, the first day. Uh, the course was pretty muddy, and uh, yeah, the Super, the super part was silly, um, so that came <laughs> to my advantage, because I'm a big fan of, of Tilson now. He's well practiced uh, up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So that, 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 that was pretty fun. Um, yeah, the, the bucket brigade was uh, really challenging in Nashville. Uh, it was downhill first and then an uphill. Um, and you looked over the festival area uh, on the downhill part. Um, so that was that was pretty nice. Um, and overall, I think Spawn did a good job there also with the festival area. Uh, um, was a lot of people there, uh, familiar faces. Uh, made new friends, uh, met old friends, so it was pretty, pretty good race. And and you got your signature, your signature pose over the fire, right? Yeah, I got my signature pose at the fire, and 
surprisingly so, enough, even with Philip uh, in my boat, you know, uh, finished the season in top ten. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> so, so, <laughs> so what is that thing quite the surprise? <laughs> that's awesome, man. You're, you're killing it, Sven. This is this is some impressive stuff that you're doing out there. So, so what is the signature pose over the fire? What's that about? Uh, the signature pose over the fire is, uh, yeah, uh, I was a firefighter in Germany uh, in my younger days. And, uh, yeah, we did a lot of competition there and this made literally back um, to my firefighter days where we just pointed at each other and uh, that's what my uh, signature pose over the fire truck is. It's just uh, heat papers, people looking forward, um, and uh, that's what I'm uh, I, I gotta find something. I keep jumping over the fire, looking like I'm having a cardiac arrest or something. My pictures are just the worst in the world. They look like I'm falling down. <laughs> They're terrible. Yeah, I, I, I know that feeling all too well because that's uh, I think how my how my last year season looked like. Um, all those fight jumping. <laughs> so I have to find something for this season. And uh, yeah, I think uh, that's 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 one of my. Well, you know, hopefully you don't fall on the next one and bite it off anyway. You'll be all right then. Uh, so, so far, uh, I avoided falling off. Uh, Rick. <laughs> all right, so so like I promised, this has been a Spartan loving. Like it, it makes up for for the last episode where maybe it wasn't so much, but uh, I've, I've been impressed. And, and when Spartan does stuff right, they do it really right. I mean, that that the Killington event just sounds like an unbelievable practice. I, I would love to see Tahoe would be another one that I'd love to see. And up a close and personal, um, but they're not for me at all. I, I would not enjoy running. <laughs> so, <laughs> those would not be for yeah. me. So yeah, I think, uh, yeah, killing was for you. Just uh, heads up, it's like literally the first uh, twelve miles of the course of you running. So. <laughs> That's not good. I only run so I can get from obstacle to obstacle. I have no interest in the rest of the running. <laughs> uh, I think you would have enjoyed the last mile though. Yeah. That would have been like literally your strength. You would have probably passed 50 people uh, once on the last mile. Well, I, 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 would have, I would have been one of those people <laughs> DQ'd for just cutting from, from the start right to the finish line. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, 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 they might introduce some, uh, some flips version or some shorter version. Mm. Of Battle. <laughs> I, heard the, I heard the sprint was pretty good for that. <laughs> All right, so. That's a, like I said. That's that's it for our Spartan loving. But uh, we got like a, a little six pack of questions for you here, Sven. Are you all ready? These are pretty quick. All right, let's get it out. All right. So first ever OCR. Uh, Spartan Sprint Atlanta 2016. Spartan 2016. That's it. Oh, I would I would have guessed a lot earlier than that. Nope. Uh, actually, my first real OCR season was last year. Wow. Had you you definitely are taken to it, man. Holy smokes. Um, favorite obstacle you've ever had out there? Any race series? Uh, favorite obstacle, Twister. Twister, really? See, this is truly the Spartan loving. <laughs> it's my it's my favorite obstacle because I struggled for one and a half years with it, and uh, I got it the first time in Facebook. So that was quite 
a long time. I prefer love-hate relationship. Now I love it. What an anti related. What about uh, grips or no grips on the on the on the twister? Uh, grips. Grips. All right. All right. All right. So uh, best best venue and race series, and I got a pretty good solid idea what you're gonna say here. <laughs> uh, killing. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 before killing, I would have said Oberdorf in Austria. Uh, it's killing uh, North uh, Europe, so to speak. It's in the Alps, um, so beautiful venue as well. If you ever get the chance to race there, uh, definitely worth the trip. Awesome. And, and favorite race series, Spartan. Favorite race series, uh, yeah, Spartan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> See, they gotta send us a thank you note after this one. All right. <laughs> Your go-to post-race meal. So, what do you what, what do you go to after the, like after, what, after one of these big races, especially? What's the go-to meal? Uh, it's actually pretty simple. It's Arby's. Arby's. Uh, yeah, uh, double double beef cheddar burger with a large chocolate. <laughs> oh man, that is that is good. That's up there. Okay, so now this is a little bit more thought-provoking. If you could race. Okay. If you could OCR race anybody head to head in the world, who would you race and why? Uh, Robert Killian. Uh, because uh, he kills mountains like nobody else, and uh, I would really love to go head to head with him, even uh, if I doubt that I would make it more than 500 feet. He is pretty amazing, man. That guy is just unbelievable. He's, uh, yeah, he's really a very, very humble uh, human being. I, I had the chance to talk to him last year in Oberdorf in Austria when he was warming up. Um, and, uh, yeah, I know that he's always busy, so I really appreciate it. He took the time, gave me some tips here and there. Um, so it was really amazing. All right, so now I, I got one more question for this, our little six-pack, but I'm going to jump aside for some reason. So what do you think about the whole deal where, at the championship there where Robert Killian picked up the sandbag and it was leaking out and it was light? Did, have you, did you hear yeah. about that? Yeah, I heard about it. Um, I, I think it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's what it is. Uh, it worked on his fault. Uh, but yeah, you might also make the argument should have uh, gone back and got another bag. But um, I think, yeah. If you're running that competitive and uh, you're only focused on your race uh, spot, make sure that the material is uh, on top of that. I, t- I totally agree with you. I think uh, I think that it was not his fault. He picked up the bag. It was out of the men's bucket. He just grabbed it and ran. And that's yep. that, I think that's what anybody would have done. I know some of the other elites maybe got on him a little bit for it, but I disagree with that and think, you know. Did, did you hear about that, Rico? Did you see that? I did, and I saw the video, and same thing, you know, if I'm in the heat of the moment, and I, I'm running, and I pick up a bag, I mean, you have, you know, judges, or whatever you call those officials there, you know, they really right. hate wrong bag, or whatnot, you know, and, you know, when you're on that, um, that mentality of drive, 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 you know, you're assuming that that bag is, you know, in its proper corral, or whatnot, so, um, you know, yeah, you know, I'm pretty sure if someone would say, hey, that's wrong bag, or something, he would have, you know, turned around, or something like that, but, yeah, I mean, he's been in enough races and carried himself well that, you know, he's got to give him the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, I think the, the moment he realized that it was way too late, I mean, he was already gone. And, uh, yeah. I mean, if, if, if you are running it competitive, um, you just keep going because 
uh, yeah, like if he goes back, picks up another bag, um, then the discussion starts in the other direction. What was the disadvantage he had because of uh, having an improperly prepared bag? So, I mean, it's uh, no matter how he turns around, um, the argument is uh, basically the same for both directions. But I think he did the right thing to the kept going. Um, and, yeah, yeah uh, I mean, just saying that this was by by purpose. I mean, there are like literally a hundred sandbags in this in this boxes, um, and you just pick one and go. Um, yeah, there's not much choice you have there. Yeah, and you see the video. He just grabbed the one right off the top. He just grabbed the top one yeah. and went. There was no. So I mean, there you go, Robert Killian. Three people who you do not care about absolutely support you. We're on your side. <laughs> <There So>. you <laughs> <go>. <laughs> so uh, last question for our little six pack. 2019. Sure. What are your goals and what are the plans for 2019? 2019. My goals are uh, all long distance races. So I'll only run the mountain series races from Spartan and all the ultras. Um, but also run uh, the Toughest, toughest mothers, the eight-hour races. Oh yeah, those are good. Mother. Um, so, yeah, um, gonna gonna crank out a little bit. Um, uh, yeah, I think this year was my was my year of Spartan. I was uh, literally chasing trifecta, still chasing trifecta. Wanted to see as many race venues as I could um, because I had the season pass, so I still have the season pass for this year. Um, so that's why I did that many spots this year, but uh, I had a lot of fun with all the other races, um, so next year will be definitely uh, different than this year. That's awesome. Okay, so I want to do one more thing today, and this is just a, you know, a bit of stuff because to get to know Rico and I a little bit, I want to shoot the same six questions to Rico. Rico, you ready? Yeah, sure thing. Okay, buddy, first OCR. My first OCR was uh, Hoyer Dash in uh Oh my goodness, I say 2006. It was in uh, Manchester, Tennessee. And that's everybody's wow. go-to first race. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. And, you know, I thought I was a man, too, you know, and I didn't even have time to throw anything. I, I remember I bought uh, the night before, went to Walmart and bought some, you know, $9 running shoes and had uh, <laughs> cut-off sweats and, you know, all the totally long things. <laughs> I'm sure it was fantastic. I think we all made a few mistakes in our first one, that's for sure. Um, no favorite obstacle, but oh goodness, ah, uh, I had to conquer the gauntlet. The uh, I'm not sure the exact terminology for this. The that is huge warp wall. Where you had to grab the rope, and you know, of course, you have a different uh, length of rope. And of course, you know, I got to pick the, the shortest one. And on the, I believe the third try, you know, just uh, getting up that warp wall was uh, that was pretty incredible. I've never been able to do it again, but that was my favorite one. Oh, I gotta be honest. I'm surprised with that. I thought for sure it would be a swinging, dangling obstacle or something like that. <laughs> yeah, you know, there's so many. I, I think you know, um, I think I picked that one because that was my first time doing <coughs> an open run with the tribe, and so you know, you got to take your time and really enjoy. Other races I've done with the, you know, I guess you can say the different kind of competition. Uh, you know, you just. You know, I go just blank and just go through it and don't think about it, you know, just think about the next one. So, unfortunately, uh, I've not had the chance to enjoy as much as I should. All right, all right. Uh, best venue in race series? Hmm. Oh. Best, oh, 
barbarian for me. Uh, I guess it's like in my backyard, which still is an hour and a half away, but a lot of good people, great organization, and just seeing so many familiar friends who who support that also. But we live in that town of, of Gadsden, Alabama, to seeing all the friendly faces and just the, the four hills of apocalypse you know, that you described, they really take it to you and just uh, you go from the Four Hills Apocalypse to just the scenic view of a waterfall to uh, the, the hillsides to the, the great obstacles they put up that you really don't see in other places. So that's definitely my uh, favorite race. Uh, venue, I lean towards uh, Savage. You know, with, you know, I'll get to see both you guys in a couple of weeks and just do something different. And uh, I like the new obstacles they have there. And it's short enough to make me push myself harder and long enough to, you know, find my rhythm. Awesome, man. Awesome. Okay, uh, your go-to post-race meal. And, and it's got to be more than a glass of water. I know. I can see uh, <laughs> Phyllis Smith rolling his eyes. And the <laughs> God, my favorite post-meal is unfortunately usually the next day. Like, oh, crap, I didn't eat anything. Oh, man. Uh, yes, that's, I'm pretty wiped, and I'm usually just really dehydrated, or so I just drink drink and drink so uh, I'm so full from all this liquid that I don't really eat as I should and I think uh, Karen Porter too for a rolling ride. So, oh yeah, they're all going to kill you for this one, man. They are. <laughs> so let's just pretend. Uh, just make something up lie, man, yeah. or you're just going to die. Yeah, I think, uh, I guess with you guys in, in, uh, in Vermont even at, uh, and then we had all that pizza yeah. you know, afterwards. And of course, I was still like, what, six or seven hours later for, um, <laughs> But uh, yeah, that's something. Um, yeah, we might have to do another podcast of like uh, <laughs> Rico's dietary needs. Yeah, yeah. Uh, anorexia, right? <laughs> all right, all right. Um, uh, probably you need to invite the midnight to that. Uh, oh. Get a medical advice. <laughs> yes. Yeah. All right. Uh, if you could race anyone in the world in OCR, heads up, who would it be? Oh my goodness! Oh. Uh, Hmm. Yeah, see, I had to throw one a thinker in there somewhere. Oh, my goodness. It's really, uh... <laughs> uh I'm trying to... You know what? I just have a mental... There's one... Uh, what is this dude's name? Hmm, I'm going to have to come back to that one. But I'll tell you who I do is um, pretty interesting. The person I actually started out racing with is uh, Don Lindsay Wilson. Uh, she was my training partner, and we... You know, we don't train anymore, but we've seen each other just shine and go through uh, different venues and podium and, you know, own regards. And uh, we kind of joke around about, you know, beating another person. I tell you, in all our training sessions, that, you know, it's when you mention ultras and stuff like that. Every time we've trained for anything that's been over, oh gosh, 12, 15 miles, she always smokes me. I'm always like, you know, dragging behind. So, yeah. Uh, I know obstacle-wise, I'm a little bit more technical, but she's still holding her own uh, dog on her, but uh, she definitely would give me a, a good run for my money, and uh, um, <laughs> as the, the pros and stuff like that, that would not even be a, shoot, they just smoke me, they wouldn't be a, like, glad running with you, I'm like, you know, I just, you know, shake her hand and I wouldn't see them again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see, you guys are you guys are, are way different than me, man. You pick these great people to race against me. I would pick like like George R. R. Martin or, or somebody that I know I'm going to beat, right? You know, like uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm taking the win. Right? 
Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, 2019 goals and, and plans. What are your plans for 2019? Wow. I mean, that's, you know, definitely, you know, you know, Dave, that it's been a different transition where, yep. and, you know, kind of alluded to where I'm not even training anymore right now. So uh, it's been a really weird and humbling and um, kind of transition. So uh, that is a very question. I, I'm hoping that I'll have time next year. Uh, right now, I've relegated myself to be the cheerleader of OCR Tribe, and uh, but I guess instead of OCR uh, 2019 goals, if I had a wish, I, I hope that I'll be able to uh, be able to see at least go in open runs. But if I do have one go-to race, I'd love to come up to Canada and yeah. uh, visit your venue. Yes, uh, things are getting more and more set. Where we're, we're getting closer to an official announcement. There's been a lot of stuff happening this week with that, so that's it's coming along oh. very well. <laughs> yes. um, there <you> go. <laughs> that said, you know what, Rico? I think you make a great point, and I think a lot of us in in OCR we we shoot for too much. We try to do too many races, or as we may maybe need to narrow our spectrum down and just pick like you know three or four, whatever the case may be, that are our, really our hit points, and then you throw one in whenever you can, whatever the case may be, but. I think I think a lot of racers burn themselves out trying to do so much because we all have regular lives that just oh, yeah. burn us out on top of that. And to to try to hit like, like there's people out there hitting a race every weekend, every other weekend, and it's just you burn yeah, out. I mean, like Sven. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The good thing about I love about Sven is that his goal is to just a personal goal to finish, finish strong and help yeah. others, you know, and he always builds friendships. You can always say he knows people and is, you know, and some other people say my goal is the podium and my goal is the place and you are putting yourself, you're going against external forces, you know, and you have no control what other people do. So if you don't meet that goal, you feel like the whole race, the whole training session is a failure, you know, or if you do make podium, congrats, but then, there's nothing else, you know, that's it, that, you know, that's the highlight, you get that medal, and, you know, that's it, you know, and, uh, people will give you a pat on the back, and you can post your pictures on Medal Monday, or whatever, but, uh, it's just gonna be you and that medal, you know, yeah. <laughs> no one else really, you know, even with me, no one else cares that I've, you know, done this or that, it's just, you know, the friendship and stuff you build, and, you know, um, so that's, yeah, that's the major goal. Absolutely, and you know what? I think that's a that's that's a good spot to, to end it on, and we're running out of time anyway. And I just yeah. want to say, uh, on behalf of Rico, myself, and thank you, Sven, for coming on with us and chatting. And mm-hmm. thanks yeah. to everyone. Oh yeah, and thanks to everyone who listens. And take care yeah. out there. We'll see you all soon. Yeah.